Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Kim Hutchins, and at 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. 412 is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Ontario. We are so excited to be able to continue to equip you as we expand our podcast to YouTube. And today, I'm happy to have Dave Lane back on the show. Dave has been a youth pastor for over 30 years and a family pastor for six. He is currently the satellite director for Youth Unlimited YFC Sarnia Lambton, and he's known for his beard. In this episode, we are going to continue our chat about what true greatness is, and we have links in our show notes for anything that Dave recommends. I know that not all of you joining us are parents, but perhaps you work with kids or youth, and I think what we'll be talking about here will give you great insight into what the Bible says about how to be great. So welcome, Dave. Hey, Kim. It's hey. great to be back. <laughs> yeah, it's so good, right? It is. Had a few changes. A few changes. <laughs> it's so good. So I mentioned your beard. Let's yes. talk about that first because I think it's something fun about you that uh, a lot of people recognize you by. Yeah, I wouldn't say that my beard defines my greatness. <laughs> <laughs> but it is pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, I am known as the the guy with the beard. Yeah. And Kim, I got to admit to you, I take better care of this than <laughs> I do this. I'm losing this, so I, it's a lost cause. But I have beard oils. I think I have, the last time I checked, I have about 35 to 40 different beard oil scents. Oh, my God. And today is what to, flavor? Today is apple cider moonshine. Okay. But it was a choice between that and gingerbread. So I went with the, well, the yeah. fruity one. Because gingerbread uh, is more like a Christmas, yeah. maybe fall. But I'm all, right? Christmas is all every day yeah. for me, right? So, <laughs> yeah. No, my wife laughs because she never knows what the scent will be. So That's true, right? Yeah. Keep her on her toes. Keep her on her toes. <laughs> well, in the last episode, we were talking about how the world defines success. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to lean into what yeah. the Bible defines as greatness, yeah. right? And so I'm super excited to get into that and just learn a little bit more about what the <clears throat> Bible really does say about that. Um, so can you tell us, what is true greatness? Yeah, I think true greatness, if we're going to, I, I'd first of all say this, that if we're going to aim our kids towards true greatness, it there is going to be ridicule. Mm. Because the true greatness that God calls us to goes against the grain, kind of goes against the flow. Right. And yeah. being truly great as a way God wants us to, we're going to look at, it means we have to be vulnerable. And sometimes when we're vulnerable, we're going to get hurt. And so there will be some pushback, there will be some ridicule, but in the end, this is what God's calling us to, and, and the payoff is huge, right? Mm -hmm. So the definition of true greatness, and this is what the book says, which I thought was great, Yeah. is that true greatness is a passionate love for God that demonstrates itself in an unquenchable love and concern for others. So in other words, what that basically is, is the Shema mm -hmm. in, in Deuteronomy chapter 16. You know, yeah. love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your strength, with all your might, right? And love your neighbor as yourself. And so if we're living out the great, Jesus called it the great commandment. If we're living that out, then that leads us to true greatness. Yeah, that's amazing. And I was going to ask you, like, where does that quote come from? Yeah, and I knew you had a it's verse. It's Deuteronomy, to go with it. and then I think the it's Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter. Uh, I'm it's, in Matthew. it's in Matthew. Put you on the and spot. And Jesus said it. I know that. <laughs> Jesus said it. Yeah. So let's talk about humility. Yeah. You know what does a humble kid look like? Yeah, humility is this whole idea of having a reverence for God, 
mm-hmm. and a respect for others because it kind of goes hand in hand. And what a child looks like that's humble is this, they don't play to the crowd. Mm. It's not about the attention on them. Yeah. They're not first in line, right? Right. Um, they don't brag about what they have and who they are. And another thing is this, is they accept compliments graciously and they accept victory modestly and they lose with their head held high. Okay. Right? So they win. That's great. If they lose, it's okay as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's interesting because First Peter 5, 5 says this, all of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God appra- opposes the proud but showers favor on the humble. Wow. And so when we, when we are humble and live in humility, then basically we're living in God's favor. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want for our kids. So, yeah, humility would be the first thing that we need to embrace. Okay. Yeah. And then what about gratefulness? That's the next thing, right? Yeah, gratefulness is an interesting one because, you know, when you think about it, gratefulness is an appreciation of what you have, what you've been given. And here's another thing, and who has given it to you. Okay. Right? So it's not just what I have, but it's who's provided it for me. Mm-hmm. And Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4. He says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And so realizing that everything we have is not of us. Mm-hmm. So the things I own are not mine. They're given to me by God. And so it kind of it, it changes your perspective. Yeah, and how would you practically steer your kid in that direction for well, gratefulness? Yeah, I think the thing is, a kid that, that, is, that is grateful, they don't whine about what they don't have. Mm. And they don't complain about what they have. Right? They're very thankful. You know, it's mm-hmm. interesting. I remember at Christmas, at Christmas time, you know, a kid will get their stuff and they want it so badly. Yeah. But then like, oh, I want something different. Right? It's true. It doesn't it, it last is, very right? long, right? Yeah. Oh. And oh. a kid that is grateful, this is really interesting too, a kid that is grateful actually takes good care of their stuff. That's what the book talked about. Oh, okay. Because they realize that, that what they've been given is from God. Yeah. And so they're, it's, they're kind of like a steward of it. Mm-hmm. They've got to use it wisely. Uh, verbally, they express their appreciation to people who sacrifice, and they focus on the good things in life. Mm-hmm. Now, as a kid, they're going to go negative, but that's where, as parents, we need to steer. Yeah, so the situation may be bad, but here are some positive things. Right. You may not have this. You may not have experienced this, but let's stop for a moment. A good exercise that I actually did a few days ago as I was reading through a book is it says stop and, and make a list of the things you're grateful for. Oh, that's good. And at first, yeah. I really had a hard time, but then you're writing all these things down. It's like, wow. In fact, there's a book called... A, uh, 10,000 things that I am grateful for. And all it is is this person just wrote down 10,000 things they're grateful for. Yeah. Because when we have a grateful heart, then it changes our perspective and everything. Yeah, right? yeah I think also Ann Voskamp has a book, uh, 10,000 Gifts, maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and she wrote down things that she's grateful for. And yeah. it definitely changes your perspective when you're yeah. being grateful. And I think even gratefulness leads into generosity. Yeah. Right, and I know the book, and just so uh, in case I missed it at the beginning, but Raising Kids for True Greatness by Dr. Kim, Tim Dr. Kimmel. Tim Kimmel, yeah. Yeah, it's the book that we're recommending yeah. that parents read. Mm-hmm. And so talk about generosity. Yeah, generosity, I think this is interesting, <laughs> is having a great delight in sharing with others what God has entrusted to you. Because mm-hmm. if we can get our kids to understand that, 
that God has entrusted us things, not just kind of hoard, right. but to share. And I don't know about you, Kim, but what I've realized <clears throat> is this, is that when you live in generosity, as you give, God just blesses you with more mm -hmm. to give. Yeah. Right. Like I've heard stories of people that have really struggled giving because of, of finance, stuff like that. And they start to give, and all of a sudden, all of these finances just... Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah it doesn't make right? any sense. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... It's According to our math, it shouldn't make sense. But to God's math, it makes total sense. Because listen to what Jesus said in Luke 6. He says this, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. Mm. And I love this. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So if you're stingy, you're, that, that's what you're going to experience. <laughs> right. But if you're generous, then God's going to be generous towards you. Yeah. And so it's almost like God is waiting for us to say, okay, how are you going to respond to what I've entrusted to you, mm -hmm. right? And then I will either bless you because of your generosity. So. And it's really so encouraging because once you start being generous, right, you mm -hmm. definitely start seeing those <clears throat> blessings in your life, right? Yeah. Which I think also leads to having a servant's heart, Yeah. right? Let's, let's talk about yeah. that and one. A, and that, and that kind of, it kind of dovetails it all together, right? Yeah. Because a servant's yeah. heart is a willingness to take action in order to help someone else. Mm -hmm. It's the story of the Good Samaritan, right? Where, you know, everyone else walked by, but the Good Samaritan helped, not expecting anything in return. Because servanthood is not, I'm going to help you, Kim, because I know you can help me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because that, that's not servanthood. That's looking out no. for number one, right? So what you need to do is you need to serve Yeah. despite that. I'm going to serve you no matter what because... Right. I don't owe it to you. I owe it to God. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. Paul says this. I love this verse. It's Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And you recognize this. Mm. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, and that's where we get humility again, right? Yeah. Value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but to the interests of others. And so imagine if we had our kids understanding that when they go to a situation, it's, they're not looking out for themselves. Right. They're looking out for those around them. Because mm -hmm. I really believe we have that mentality. God's going to open our eyes to the needs around us. Yeah. And in doing that, we're going to be making an impact for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and I had a question for you. I was wondering, can you tell me um, scarcity thinking versus abundant thinking? Yeah. The book right? talks about <laughs> that because it's interesting because they it, it say this, that it, it all comes down to our thinking. Yeah. And so I'm a very visual learner. So if you give me ideas, I like to see it. And so as I was reading it, what I thought of is when you think of scarcity thinking, you're thinking of a tight fist. Right. So if I'm a scarcity thinker, I am holding on to everything really tightly because there's this fear that I could lose it. Mm. Right. And mm -hmm. so I'm going into protection mode. Right. And I'm trusting myself where uh, abundant thinking is more open-handed. Right. right. So God gives it to me. Right? He can take it away, mm -hmm. but he can also give me other things. Because it's interesting, if, if you think of the scarcity mindset, yeah, I've got this, but God can't give me anything. Yeah, right? This, You're not ready to receive yeah. anything. Because if we're being generous, we're like, okay, so God, everything you've given to us is, is yours. Yeah. So you can take it away, but then you give us even more, and it's like, okay, this is amazing. And so what that does, that scarcity thinking versus um, abundant thinking is it actually affects our kids' perspective on a lot of things in life. Because those mm -hmm. are two lenses 
that we can lay over things in life. For example, like even our life in general. Yeah. Think about someone who looks at life with a scarcity mentality. What they do is this, is they live in fear. That's true, right? Right. And Especially any, you see that right now oh yeah. this past season. Well, I've got to, you know, remember the toilet paper, right? Mm. I got to hoard it. I got, I got to make sure, we right? Like, make I sure got, oh, like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what the thing with toilet paper was, but everyone wanted to buy it, right? But what happens too is the voids in life. We, what we tend to do is instead of going to God, we overcompensate, mm. and we fill it with our material things, money, applause, recognition. Yeah, I was going to ask for some examples, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff, right? So if we got a scarcity thing, that's what we do. But if we're abundant. We have an outward focus when it comes to life. Mm. So instead of making sure that we have toilet paper, we make sure that people have toilet paper. Right. Just using that example, yeah. right? Yeah, because it's fresh for all of yeah, us. Yeah, that's right. And it becomes more relaxed. <laughs> yeah. Because we realize, hey, wait a minute, we're not in control of things. Mm -hmm. God's promised to take care of us, so we're going to live that way. And so that's a perfect example of, uh, we can look at the same thing with adversity, when bad things happen, we can become fearful again. Yeah. Right? Other people, we see them as threats if we live in scarcity. Um, and, and it just it goes on and on. What we have, like if we have a scarcity mentality, we're gonna we're, we're all about the bunker mentality, right? right? Like let's just gather the family and live in the basement, right? Where if you have an abundant mentality, you're like, okay, God's in control, mm -hmm. so I can be used, and again, I can experience God in a greater way. So, what are practical ways that parents could do, like teach their kids this? Yeah, I think right? the biggest thing I would say is you need to set the example. Yeah. Like I, I've heard this so many times that you can't take someone where you've never been. Well, that's a good line. Right? right? So if, if you're a parent and you're not living with humility and gratefulness mm. and generosity and a servant's mentality, you can't take your kids there. No. So you've got to set the example. So I think <laughs> for a lot of us as parents, it, this is the most painful part because we've got to sit down and go, oh, wait a minute. What do I have to do in my life? Yeah. Right? And then I th the other thing I would say is this, is set expectations. Not just for your kids, but for your family. So what we're going to do is this, is we're all going to give a certain amount of money, a percentage of what we, whether we make. So it could be, you know, you could be given, I don't know what, I don't know what allowance is nowadays, but let's say 20 <laughs> bucks, okay? We're going to give a part of that, a percentage, to a certain missionary or to a certain organization. And so, yeah, your percentage may be more as a parent, but the kids are still giving, and so they see what's happening, right? And so right. setting those expectations and then creating experiences as well. Yeah, so how would you do that? Like, here's, here's the thing that, that I think was very interesting is taking your kids. One thing that we tried to do is we tried to, when it came to servanthood, mm -hmm. is we would create experiences that the whole family would experience. Like we would go and sort cans at a, at a food bank or go serve at a soup kitchen. Yeah. And our kids... As they, you know, they may have been too young to really do, but they they observed it, right? Or here's another thing: is we baked a bunch of cookies. Mm -hmm. My wife makes an amazing chocolate chip cookie, and so mm -hmm. we would bake them and say, okay, so who can we serve? Who can we give them to? How can we be generous? Yeah. Right? Do you find because you did that when they were younger that the kids now will naturally think of some of those things yeah. like to do for other people? Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> you know, both my son and daughter have adopted this. In fact. There have been times where my son has actually said to us, hey, listen, Dad, you know, I have, I have a friend who needs help. Mm. Could we give something as a family? And so he'll give a portion, my daughter will give a portion, and we'll give a portion. Yeah. You know, not, 
as a dad, I'm going to brag on my kids, right? But my <laughs> son was at, yeah, yeah. was at, was at, uh, was at Fanshawe in London and he would be walking downtown and he would be a homeless person. He'd just give him something, he'd sit down and talk to him. In fact, one day I was down there with him, visiting him and all of a sudden I'm walking downtown and <laughs> this homeless guy says, Hey, Bobby. He goes, Hey, Kenny, how you doing? And Bobby knew the whole story of Kenny. Oh my goodness. And so what he would do is he'd buy him a meal and sit and talk to him. That's amazing. Right? And here's the thing that I'm almost ashamed to admit to you, Kim. <laughs> there was times where I would catch myself and say, Bobby, can you really afford to do this? Right? Because there was no limit for him. Like yeah. he wasn't into the 10%. He was like, if God tells me to give, then I'm going to give. Right? That's and amazing. so the cool thing was this, Kim, is that as my kids got older, they began to teach with Lori and I. Because there was many times where like, our kids are putting us to shame, but not in a bad way. <laughs> no. But it's like, okay, now God's using our kids to, to do that. And so, like I said, set the example, set expectations, create experiences you can do as a family, because that's mm -hmm. huge. And then honor efforts. Okay. So when, when you see your kid doing it, honor them. Like yeah. even if it's the smallest thing, even if it's like, you know what, I noticed at dinner time there was two pieces of cake. And I noticed you took the smaller one so your sibling could have the bigger piece. That is really cool. Because yeah. here's the thing I'm realizing, Kim, as a parent, we are quick to tell our kids what they do wrong. Yeah. Right? What we it's need true. to do is say, okay, this is a positive thing. Because I read this somewhere that it takes 20 positive things to make up for one <laughs> negative thing. Oh, no. Right? So I was so like, parents, I am not doing well. Right? I was like, ah! <laughs> but... That's the thing we got to realize is you got to say, okay, you've got to notice that. And even the smallest things, because if you show them they're doing the smallest things, then that's going to motivate them. And then just sit down and say, hey, you know what? When you did that for your sister, how do you think it made her feel? Wow, she probably liked it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did it make you feel? Well, Dad, I felt really good about it. So what are some more things you could do to, to be selfless, to serve your sister? Oh, okay. Because what I find is this. Yeah. is when you do that kind of stuff, when you understand what true greatness is, here's the thing, Kim, it becomes addictive okay. in a really positive way. Yeah. Because you realize, hey, wait a minute, God's allowing me to do this. And, the, and even my son would say, Dad, I would give money away, and all of a sudden I'd get money. Yeah. And I'd give really? it away, and I'd get money. And I'm right? like, that, that, that. that's incredible. So, yeah, so just set the example, <clears throat> set expectations, create experiences, <clears throat> and then honor their efforts. Even if they, they, even if they mess up, just say, "Hey, listen, I knew what you were trying to do there." Right. It may not be accepted, but I knew you were trying to do something. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Well, Dave, I know that a lot <clears throat> of people who are listening are volunteers or serving or leading in the church, um, and not just parents, right? Yeah. But how can we encourage those around us, and how can we, in our own lives, use this to be great for God? to yeah. be successful in God's eyes? Yeah, Kim, that's a great question. <clears throat> I think the thing that I would say is during COVID, it's been mm -hmm. very stressful. Oh, I know, right? right? Yeah. And the difference between success <clears throat> and true greatness is that success is affected by the culture. Mm. So if the economy's struggling, it's gonna, it's gonna affect how successful you can be according to what differs the world. Yeah. The cool thing about true greatness is this, is true greatness affects the culture. So it's not affected by the culture, but it affects it. So if we, true, if we truly live out the greatness that God's called us to, loving God and loving others, yeah. we're going to make an impact. In fact, throughout history, in times like this, it's been the church that stood out. 
because true greatness doesn't come from this world. Success does. It's defined by the world. Yeah. But true greatness is defined by God. And so I just believe, I'll be honest with you, this is a time for us to make a true impact by understanding what true greatness really is and living it out within our churches and also within our families. Yeah, Dave, that's so good. And I think such a great challenge for us right now Mm. to really think about that and how we can impact those around us. So thank you again so much (laughs) for these two parts and talking about this book. And I really appreciate um, all of your insights. Well, for those that are watching, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope that you were challenged to look at your own life and what you define as greatness. And parents, I hope that the practical steps Dave gave you will encourage you as you raise your children. So if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. And for those watching the video edition, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss an episode. Also hop onto the discussion by following us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at 412 Canada. Thanks for joining us. So I have an alarm There's on my always phone. This. Uh-huh. On this going off. <laughs>